I remember many years ago, uh, I was privileged again to go on a trip, a trip to Europe, and I went to France, and we went to the Louvre to see the art in the Louvre. And I remember when my eyes fell on the famous, I think maybe one of the most famous um, paintings in the world, the um, um, Mona Lisa, thank you, the Mona Lisa. Well, the surprise is it's very small. It's, it's about this big. And there's all these big paintings over the walls, some kind of like murals, but this little painting, and I was shocked. I thought the Mona Lisa was a big, big painting, and, you know. So it made me question even more. What is so special about this painting? It's not the smallness, but it's something in that painting. And, and I'm not an artist, and I don't know all that stuff. So uh, I've read and listened to stuff. It doesn't even come to mind right now. But what if I, thinking I knew so much, said, oh, this isn't so great, and look how small it is, and oh, people have exaggerated. And in arrogance, I come and dismiss the whole thing when the whole world recognizes at a great, as a great piece of art. I bet you it cost $50 million if they would even sell it. In that same spirit, I hear in these scriptures, beware, beware of the arrogance of mind and heart and soul when we don't notice the things that we should really notice. Um, and the scriptures always hold up the poor, saying the poor get it. And probably they get it, not just because they're poor, but because in their poverty, they have so much need, and they know they do. Poor people that are really poor, they, they need to sometimes stand in line for food. Poor people that are really poor often don't have access to health care and other things, and, and they're often quite desperate. They'll go to any clinic, anywhere where they can get the help they need. And poor people who are really poor, I think spiritually, have a greater tendency to trust in God because what else have they got? They don't have the material possessions. They don't have the human links to get what they need. So they cry out to God, God, help me. God, be there for me. Show me, help me, support me. And the scripture says God hears the cry of the poor. And what I think that means is that literally there is a connection that happens between the poor and God, God and the poor, that they are open to God and God is loving everybody all the time, I believe, equally, constantly, but not everybody's open to that love. So Jesus takes it a step further and, and reveals that arrogance, that arrogance that prevents people from getting and seeing and receiving. And he tells in this parable of the two boys, the father says to one, go out in the field and work. No, I don't want to go. He's like a little spoiled brat. But he also apparently is someone who, he blurts out what he thinks right away, but he thinks about it, and then he does what he knows he should do. So that he's really faithful deep down, but on the surface, he's a brash little kid. And the other one, a goody two-shoes, who says, yes, Father, I'll go. But then he doesn't go. And so Jesus draws out the example. Who did the will of the Father? Well, the, the brash little brat that spouted off with his mouth, but then ended up doing what he knew he should do. 
I think there's lots of lessons, but one of them is I don't think our first reaction is the most important one. I think it's what we do after we do some reflecting. And, you know, people come to confess their sins, and I, I always tell them, I say, I don't think what you did was the most important. I think it's what you did after what you did. So if you blew up at somebody and called the names or, or you insulted them or you hurt their feelings, that's, yeah, that's not good. But what did you do after you were aware that you did that? Were you man or woman enough to go back and say, I'm sorry? Were you willing to make recompense in some form? Were you willing to at least say a blessing or prayer for them? Were you willing to say to God, I blew it again, God, my big mouth, I'm so sorry, help me learn? It's what you do afterward. It's like if you spill some food all over the floor, that, you, that I guess you could say, well, you're clumsy, okay? But what did you do afterwards? Did you walk away and leave it there? Did you blame the bowl? Did you say it's somebody else's fault? Or did you clean it up? So today I, I hear in this uh, a call to empty our spirit a little bit, uh, especially of our arrogance, our pride, and, and just be a little more humble before God, you know. But most of all, too, to be willing to check out not only our first response, but the response that follows our first response. What did we do after we did or did not do something that we should have done? Are we the first son or the second son? And no matter which we are, are we willing to do whatever it takes to grow and change and to become the best that we are called to be?